Yo, what's good, guys? It's Elijah here. Um, just real quick, Josh and I uh, recorded this episode a couple nights ago. Didn't get a chance to get into uh, editing it until now, and found out that a large chunk of the audio got messed up at the end of the episode. So uh, for now, it'll be pretty obvious when the episode ends. I'll come back in and be like, yo, the episode's over. Go read a book. Um, but we'll... Uh, We'll do the remaining part of the episode uh, Thursday and try to get it out to you guys Friday morning, um, and that will be the Printford preview. So um, you guys get two episodes in one week. Um, other than that, enjoy this podcast. It was fun. Roll the music. When the races... Was on the 92, 1862 on a summer's afternoon. I took the bus from Barbara's, she was heavy laden, and a wearwoman along coming with feet that's on the road to bleeding. Oh, my lads, you should have seen us standing, passing the folks along the road just to see what's standing. All the lads and lasses there, and all the smiling faces, got my landers got for good to see the bleeding. You're and welcome to another episode of CHN Radio. I am joined by the co-host with the most, Joshua. I am Elijah. Joshua, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's uh, nice to be back on this week. What a what a year to join this podcast. I got to tell you. Yeah. Um. Suffering and suffering for decades, and uh, it looks good. Have we have we turned the tide? Have we turned the tide? Hey, uh, you did say in the last pod that you know you the, the panic button was was you were close to pushing it. If, if, <laughs> I if was get a result this weekend, and <laughs> Newcastle came out and played like uh, yeah, like like they wanted to score ten goals, which is yeah. that's hey, that's an encouraging sign. <laughs> Absolutely. I was just wondering if other people might have that shiny panic button in view. I, I'm pretty cool for cats right now. Um, yeah. uh, I'm going to give, like I said, man, I've wanted Eddie Howe for over a year, right? I've wanted mm-hmm. him since before the takeover. And um, basically since, since Jason Tindall, like, you know, when, once he came on board, I was like, okay, is that the Trojan horse? Like, is that how this gets started? Eddie Howe in. Like that's about, I mean, I've admired him for a while, but that was about when I started to think, what if, what if, you know, we brought all these pieces together here, you know, with Callum Wilson, of course. And then, um, you know, uh, it just, it started Ryan to, Fraser. yeah, Ryan Frazier and, and some of the pieces that were coming in, of course, um, and, and Raji. So it's just like all these pieces were already in place. So I'm, I'm cool, man. I'm happy. Good, good. Okay, so uh, let's do some housekeeping. Um, yes, sir. First and foremost, uh, yeah, check out the site. Antonio has just been working his tail off getting getting stuff on there. Uh, so that that's exciting stuff. Uh, please follow the Twitter accounts at Coming Home NUFC and at CHN underscore podcast um, to just stay up to date with all the latest and greatest, see all the memes that I'm tweeting out from both accounts, and to just, you know, be there for the vibes and get to participate in the podcast like we're very we're very pro let the listeners be a part of the podcast uh and then i mean you can follow me if you want to um at elijah underscore newsome 
Josh, you got any uh, anything to plug? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give. I've been following the website's Twitter handle like forever, but um, just got hip to the fact that we had a second handle for the podcast. So I'm going to give mm-hmm. that a follow like ASAP. Once we're done with this podcast, I'm going to hop on and hit that hit that follow button. Um, oh, Josh, I'll give you the login so you can tweet from that account. I you ha- I have right now, I think I have almost the max amount of accounts you can have logged, signed into one like Twitter app. So I, it's a lot to keep up with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trust me, I, I completely... I oh, alluded, yeah, I was about to say, you also have a lot of Twitter accounts. I alluded, I alluded, I alluded to three. There's probably... I don't know if I'm maxed out, but yeah, I do, I do a lot. I'm probably at more like eight different accounts right now. Um, you know, two of which related to a club, two of which related to a different website. So lots of, <laughs> lots of different things moving on and moving around. Um, I also want to, I also want to say like, uh, you know, if you're listening to this now, um, go find, you know, if you're listening to this, I think, especially on Apple, right. Um, mm-hmm. go, go, go rate it, like go, yeah. go, go give it, some, go give it a, well, give it a good rating. If you don't want to give it a good rating, then you don't have to, but, or, or here's what you do. You give us five stars and then you roast us in the, uh, the ratings. Yeah, tell us tell us what we could do better, but but also give us the five stars. That's that's right, that's right. Or if you just want to roast us, we we'll, we will read the roasts that people have um, in the five star reviews. Oh, it's but like it those. Uh, it'll be like that. It'll be like a mean tweets portion yes. of, the, of the future pod. Mean tweets. I would love that. Yeah, we can do that for sure. Let's let's new segment uh, roast the podcasters, which is what <laughs> the internet's been doing for the last three years. Lovely. <laughs> mm. um all right josh i know you also had one other thing you wanted to plug you got you you're trying to you're organizing a little some some in november you want to tell the people what that's about absolutely yeah so it's on the november 12th uh match versus chelsea uh my i, I live f- about 45 minutes southwest of portland so it's it's portland oregon adjacent but not portland oregon proper so there is a p uh there's a tune army pdx up in portland um, they've been very supportive. I've gone up there to watch the matches, but a local a local pub, um, Social Goods down in Newburgh, Oregon, um, agreed to uh, a, a full English breakfast and to put some Prem games up on their many TVs that they have. Um, so they have the largest selection of beers on tap in the entire Yamhill County. Um, and so the 25,000 folks of, of Newburgh and the 45,000 folks of of McMinnville are certainly invited to come down and hopefully um, not all, not all of you make it, but enough of you make it so that we have a, a full pub. I think 60,000 people would be awfully uncomfortable. 60, 70,000 would be a lot, but 20 people certainly yeah. we could, we could pull that off and I'd be happy for 20 to show up. Chelsea fans uh, welcome of course, and Newcastle fans um, would be lovely to have you there. How are the lads? Yeah, I, I also just if there are Chelsea fans listening to this podcast, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I guess you're just interested. So, yeah, by all means, uh, keep listening. We will, we will not give Chelsea shout outs actually. So, um, sorry about that. To this well, listener. you know, maybe they're ready to switch their allegiance. Yeah, if they're American, that's uh, that's that's on the cards. Depends sure. on where Pulisic goes. Yeah, that's uh, see you in January. You are speaking some facts there. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, this is uh, just a this is the quick aside on Pulisic, and then we'll keep it moving. But mm. Max Bredos, who is a he's a he's a name in American soccer community. He is a I think he's a play by play guy for LAFC, but he was yeah. formerly on ESPN. Yeah, he tweeted like top five performances uh, from Americans in Europe this past weekend, 
And at one, he had Tyler Adams at Leeds. And then at two, he had Pulisic. With, he's, and, he, and he said, had a very good six minutes, six minute debut under a new manager. And I'm just like, dog, what? That's not that. If you're saying top five Americans in Europe, you should not put a person who had played six minutes over the weekend as number two. I mean, sure, you can put him at five. Uh, unironically inclusive, two. huh? Yeah, and oh, gosh, and like, like he was trying to do a whole like that. That's the state of of you know Americans in Europe this weekend, but it's like it kind of just came off as tacky. So that's just Max yeah. Bredos is not even listening to this, but I just wanted him to know those are my thoughts. You know what's funny <laughs> is that you bring that up. We don't need to bang on it too much, but Max Bredos is actually one of my least favorite uh, pundits in American soccer. Um, he regularly grinds my gears, man. Like his his perspective and opinions on quality and his understanding of the game is just so much different than mine. And yeah, and I, you know, and I think he's a, he may be a former player or I don't, I don't know. Um, I think but, that's what it is about him is that I don't think he's a former player. Like I, I don't think he's actually ever played. Okay. Um, like at, a, at least at a high level, like yeah. he might've played, you know, in, in, in high school, but he just like was one of the guys who was interested in, in, uh, in in soccer and then or football and just became like fox's guy early on um yeah yeah and and then just you know of course uh and and he and if you look into like some of his 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 uh his history there there there's he's a very unlikable guy we'll just leave it at that he has made some comments about he's he he got into a little bit of trouble with a comedy made uh about Jeremy Lin, and I'm not going to even give that the light of day. So if people want to look that up Fair on their enough. own, you can just go to his Wikipedia page. But yeah, I don't think he's actually ever played soccer. Um, he went to an acting school, so he definitely didn't play in college. Ah, um, so, so he is a clown. By yeah, trade. no, he. I, I, th- I think he legit is just one of those guys who yeah. just, you know, and again, like, you know, I'm not going to ever pretend like I've played soccer or football at a high level. But I will at least do put in the legwork to to educate myself to the best of my ability, and I just feel like, like you said, sometimes he does not do that. But yeah. again, half of the people here don't even know who that is, and will never know because half of the people that listen to this podcast are in England. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so let's let's lucky go them. And, <laughs> yeah, let's hop into some news and notes real quick. Yes, we'll sir. try to breeze through these so we can get to the uh, get to the exciting stuff. Um, well, all of it's exciting, but just get to the, the talking about the match. Um, so first and foremost, uh, Josh, you want to give a quick uh, women women's update? Yeah, I did. I wanted to start with the women. I have got the wrong date um, last episode. They play in the FAWNL Cup on Sunday the 9th away to Durham, Sestria, and then at home three days later to the same club. Um, they did they did get a, re- a recent result. Uh, and that was a one nil win away to Norton and Stockton agents. Um, so as we discussed, I think just before we hopped on and, and hit record, that brings them even Stevens in the table, um, you know, uh, even with Barnsley for first. And yeah. um, that match they were supposed to play has been postponed. And I don't know um, that uh, according to the, the schedule that's provided here on, on Google, that was supposed to be the next match. But the next next match is that cup match against Durham Sestria. Yeah, and, and for the record, in case you're tracking at home and being like, "Well, 
if we had a postponed match, does that mean you have a game in hand, et cetera, et cetera? No, but everyone has played six matches in the in the division. So um, all you can ask for is the team to uh, continue to rock and roll at their same pace. Yeah. And speaking of, uh, this team has, um, you know, of course, we, we weren't active yet, but this team has made a number of signings uh, as they've become a uh, underneath the wing of the of the first team. And they announced another one, uh, Charlotte Potts, who is a center back, uh, also played a little bit of holding mid, uh, and is actually a former Newcastle women's player. She actually got her start um, playing with the women uh, when she was much younger. She played uh, from 2011 to uh, 2014 and then uh, moved to Sunderland um, and played there. Uh, oh, no. So she, yeah. I mean, to be fair, she's like she was a highly rated talent. And yeah. uh, they had a legitimate structure in place and had a team and were in a better division. So okay, can't blame her 100%, but she is a Jordy through and through. Uh, the team actually tweeted out a picture of her, um, you know, currently, uh, you know, in front of in front of uh, in front of the in front of St. James's and uh, and then her like as a youngster in the in like in the classic 90s kit, the center center crest, Newcastle Brown Ale uh sponsorship like highly sought up sought after kit today um and she kind of just has talked about how she has been a Jordy through and through since birth uh and it's very emotional for her to be back with the team in good spirits and I think this is one of those signings where you know she's 28 and uh you kind of hope she can stick around to uh Newcastle hopefully playing at the highest level uh on the women's side of things so shout out to Charlotte made her debut this past weekend um, and the one no win that we had against the the team that doesn't that 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 we made up uh, what was it uh, um, Norton, Norton and Stockton Norton Ancients yeah yeah the Ancients uh, yeah it's it sounds like a create your own club on FIFA yes and I'm still convinced that it is <laughs> uh, so uh, and so yeah there there we go uh, so again like we said we're gonna cover the women's team um, lovely and then let's move into our next bit of news. Uh, David Ornstein is reporting, and a lot of local uh, reporters have followed up and confirmed. Callum Wilson is set to sign a contract extension with the club. Um, you know, one of those happy surprises. Uh, so good, good for him. Yeah, I um, actually I, I want to say I, I wonder. I think the club might have confirmed this, but let me. I'll, I'll do some digging while you talk. Okay, I was just I was kind of looking at the piece that was up on the on our website, um, and it looks like the, the angle was Wilson um, when he declined to join Aston Villa and joined us instead took on a a took on lower terms um, to prioritize the project instead of salary at the time, and so now he's sort of getting paid back by the club. They're going to extend him for a few seasons, but mostly they're going to increase his pay to sort of compensate mm-hmm. him for taking the deal at the time. So oh, that was really great. I, I mean, it, I, I can't even fault this current leadership of this organization. It's just like everything they do is has intentionality, you know, and mm-hmm. it's it's thinking of the players and, and repaying them for, you know, their sacrifices that they've made. You know, um, this is for the first few you know, for the first few seasons, these transfers are going to be um, essential. So, you know, paying these guys back over time for for popping in um, and being the foundation of what we're going to be in, in you know, a few years, a few years from now, um, it's essential. So I really appreciate that. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, even going a little bit further, this is just maybe an insight and some discussion we can have uh, in, a, in a future episode when it's relevant. But right now, I, I would say it's not relevant. Is uh, apparently Colin Wilson, he, he does have a podcast, which uh, do give it a listen. Um, okay. It's pretty solid. Uh, it's through, I want to say it's through the BBC, but it's called the Footballers Football Podcast. It's kind of actually hard to listen to. Like, <laughs> uh, so you, you kind of get clips here and there. Um, but uh, he's he has a podcast and he actually had recently kind of talked, and he's very, he talks a lot about Newcastle. And he, like, even I know last week, um, a clip from the podcast uh, was started to make the numbers about how he was ready to be back against Fulham and he was ready to score some goals and blah, yeah. blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so, you know, he, he talks about Newcastle a fair amount on the podcast uh, and even uh, some initial quotes under Steve Bruce, where he talked about how Eddie had come in and there was a sense of uh, refreshment and talked about the difference in training. And so he's very open on this podcast. And so I say this to, to mention that it was uh, brought to my attention via the DMS um, that Callum Wilson on, on the podcast did confirm that uh, Eddie Howe had spoken to him about his role and potentially playing alongside Isak with Isak having the capability to uh, play anywhere across the front front three and so that's just what wilson has reportedly said on his podcast but it's just something to think about um and again like i said not a discussion for now because callum wilson is the only one who is fit as a striker so <laughs> so there's no there's no need to to think about uh you know whether or not he and isak can can play alongside each other because right now um only one of them is fit <laughs> and that <laughs> seems to be the case is uh when one's fit the other's in. yeah so um, but yeah, uh, and let's uh, let's hop into this last little little bit of news. Um, Grant Cole, who we talked about uh, uh, on the last pod, um, he recently signed for Newcastle and was in the away end, reportedly hosted by Adam Pearson himself, the uh, the YouTube sensation, uh, and was in the supporter section uh, at the full at Fulham. And uh, Josh, did you did you see the picture? I saw the picture, man. It was. <laughs> legendary absolutely legendary like what else is this kid gonna do right he's not he's not playing for yeah. uh, mariners right so yeah let's go um, let's go yeah it was it was funny um the first thing i thought uh being someone who as some people on the podcast know i went to syracuse which uh for those in the uk syracuse is one of it's i would say it's probably one of the whitest schools in the country it's in <laughs> it's in like a cold part of the country where there's only in like most kids that go there, it's private. So most kids that go there are like from, you know, New Jersey and Connecticut and are like pretty well off. So, you know, when you, it was always a joke between, you know, my grandfather and like my dad and, and some of my friends of like, you know, I would go to every single Syracuse sporting event, like every football game, every basketball game. And they would be like, Oh, you know, we tried to find you in the crowd. We just look for a, a black dot because it's just, a sea of white people at those games. Mm -hmm. And that felt like me in the student section, the picture of him where it's just like all of these white guys. And then just this black guy in the middle. I was like, this is literally my experience at Syracuse. And That's so, hilarious. I, I'm the I only person to make that comment too. I've got a, a couple other friends I follow that, uh, <laughs> you know, um, my, my boy Yogi, who 
he uh, does his uh, River City 93 for the um, Richmond Kickers. Mm-hmm. He, he had made a similar remark. He kind of like quote, he, he quote uh, tweeted that. And he's like, yeah, it's like me. It's like me at a Richmond Kickers game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's fun um, for sure. Um, all right. We're going to do something a little bit different because I've noticed the ad breaks weren't as, as spaced out as it could be. So, Josh, I, I, this, this might come as a surprise to you. But we're going to go ahead and just take the ad break right now. All right. We're back. We did it. That was painless. Ads. It, that was, didn't I mean, it was painless for us because we didn't hear an ad. Um, but <laughs> uh, let's get into it. Uh, Newcastle played their ninth match of the season, or it was match day nine. Yeah, um, and uh, we, we, we won. You don't uh, have to use this word. You don't have to use that word, but I love the I love the word that I wrote in the running order. Okay, okay. Josh, you say it. Newcastle tonk Fulham four to one. What it's is a, tonk? It's uh, it, to me in my head. Yeah. I I envision getting hit on the head with something heavy, right? Yeah, like a, like but, one of those comical mallets that like yeah, Harley yeah, yes. yeah. And so for me, like it's it wasn't quite an evisceration, right? We, we, we've seen here in American sports, we see absolute blowouts often. I mean, especially in sports that count by sevens, we can see some pretty high scores. And sometimes... I will say Syracuse just beat a team uh, this past weekend in football. Yeah. I think they ended up, the final score was 59-0, to zero, and it was so bad that they actually shortened the second half, <laughs> um, which I, I didn't know that was a thing you could do. But there was, was a tweet that was like, like, hey, both teams have agreed to just shorten the second half. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. that, that is what I would refer to as an ass ripping. I don't know what yeah. our – yeah. Um, in, in English football, I mean, I think when City beat United – uh, six to three, that's an evis- evisceration, right? Mm-hmm. When when your two you know two of your players have uh, hat tricks, side by side hat tricks, or like an eight one result or seven or a good nine nil. Like I mean, if we've seen yeah. a few nine nils in the last couple of years. So or dare I say it, when Newcastle lose like five nil to was that Leicester last season or the season before or whatever yeah. that was. Um, we're <laughs> not going to see those anymore. Those are gone. The those days are dead. Those days are dead. But uh, yeah, so Newcastle Tonk Fulham 4-1. Um, so there we go. Yeah, it's true. Um, and so this is something that I, I told the people in the last couple episodes. I will try to bring it back. And I did. Uh, so it's on it's on the listeners of this podcast to be just, excuse me, on the uh, on the prowl post-match for uh, for these for these three words tweets. We brought it back. React to the match with three words below. I will go ahead and just read them all. And uh, Josh, feel free to chime in and react to some of these. Uh, have you seen any of these, or are you just? Uh, I have. Like, this is absolutely fresh. This is this is going to be. Yeah, <laughs> this is your first three word segment, yeah. and you you have not even looked, which that makes it better. Uh, I love it when you just are surprised. Uh, we got Mister Stilio Worldwide at under at yo underscore ho underscore no underscore mo. He says way too easy. Okay, pretty normal. Uh, Joe Avery at Joe Avery underscore mm-hmm. Miggy Big Balls. <laughs> Eric Schmidt at NFC Indiana Craven Cottage Crumbling, which love the alliteration. Yes, oh, man, he he knows I love a little alliteration. Yes, uh, Kim Avery at Kim Kerfuffle. M- Miggy gets jiggy. 
<laughs> which is that's that's one. And then Antonio Lasada, give him a follow. The old the the, the gaffer of uh, coming home Newcastle uh, at Chapulana says UEFA we coming. So that's how the fans are feeling after that match. Uh, Josh, if you could sum it up in three words, I put you on the spot because I don't think I put this in the notes to, that you should do it. Sure, but if you I, were to sum it up. I like hearing I like hearing how people interpreted um, the three words, and so mm-hmm. um, I think initially I was going to come up with three maybe adjectives, but um, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna. I like the way it was. No longer panicking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no that's longer good. panicking. Yeah, yeah, and so and sometimes it's it's a uh, it's action items. Um, there was a lot of Bruce out now for yeah for for a lot of our three words. Or fire Steve Bruce or fuck Steve Bruce. So it, it's it's nice to get a little bit more variety. Was that what was that Miggy Miggy Big Balls? Was that what yeah, that Miggy was? Miggy Big Balls is Miggy Big Balls. Do we name do we Miggy gets do we do we name these episodes? Do they go in named into uh, Spotify or Oh yeah, though they're named. Uh yeah, we can name this one Miggy Big Balls. Let me just make a note to name this episode. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't see why that's an issue at all. Uh, yeah, I mean the the names. I mean, I'm usually pretty good at naming the podcast, uh, so uh, we'll we'll make that we'll make that 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 alteration. But uh, let's get into it. I think um, I don't know if we need to really go event by event. I think everyone sort of who saw the flow of the match, yeah. uh, or saw any of the highlights, knows what happens early on. Um, Nathaniel Chalaba, who that's a name. Blast in the past uh, for the the FIFA homies from probably like FIFA thirteen, FIFA fourteen, maybe when he was like still a, a sought after young talent. Uh, he comes in, slides in from behind, uh, takes out Sean Longstaff. Many were wondering because I do think, uh, and we can talk about this, but I think there were some initial um, surprises in the lineup for sure. Um, but just to get you know this stuff out of the way. Uh, Chalaba takes out Sean Longstaff, and then from then on, Newcastle have essentially 80-plus minutes of uh, being up a man. And so um, you are expecting Newcastle, in this case, to completely dominate, and they did. Uh, They dominated in every single way. There were times in which Fulham looked a little bit dangerous on the counter, but it seemed pretty early on that this was going to be a comfortable match for Newcastle. It It was not a matter of, you know, um, if we will score and how it was, it was a how many and when um, is, is how I felt for sure. Especially when Alexander Mitrovic went off uh, shortly after, uh, maybe 10 minutes after the Chalaba foul. Yeah. And we kind of discussed this briefly. He was kind of on the fence. Uh, he got, he picked up a, a foot injury in, during, during international break in one of the matches. And so uh, Newcastle fans saw this as, him chickening out, but uh, he legitimately was playing injured. And I'm in that same vein of if you're down a man uh, and you are Fulham, I too am thinking about taking off Alexander Mitrovic because, you know, the it's it's a slim chance you get three points from this match, a slim chance, especially with how Newcastle have played so far and already missing key players like Paulinho, already having to make some rotations in defense. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't hate that move at all. And so once that happened, and Babu went off as well, like it was just, it was it was kind of open season on the on the Fulham defense. Uh, so uh, just overall thoughts on the match before you get into the specifics, Josh. Like, is there anything that stuck out to you um, about the match? Yeah, I would say l- last week I did call that m- missing Paulinho was going to be a big big deal that was going to open up channels. I think 
I think Fulham were already going to be in trouble. I thought they were yeah. already going to be in trouble. I was questioning their back line. Um, also was wondering about their width. I was under the impression that Niskan's Cabana was going to be missing this match, and he actually started. I believe he started, and it was um, De Cordova-Reed that was on the bench. Um, but it was once, you know, so so it was uh, Chalaba was in as a replacement body for Polina, and it was already bad enough that he was, you know, he was subbing in for, uh, uh, they were missing, you know, that guy so much. And then to go off the red, it, it was from there, it was, com- it was a complete nightmare for Fulham. I think there, there's probably, you know, a pair of guys out there somewhere that are recording a Fulham podcast that are just lamenting what a nightmare this match is for them. Mm. Yeah. And again, it's, it, it's tough because um, I think sometimes you can feel slighted when, when a major event happens that just tilts it in the opposite direction for for your side. But in this case, it was just a silly tackle by yeah. Chalaba. And in the moment, it was given as a yellow. And it was like, you know, full speed, straight on. I was like, eh, that could be a red, but I don't hate a yellow. But then again, of course, once you go to the monitor and you start slowing things down, it's, it's only going to get worse for some of these mm-hmm. these uh, these these fouls, especially um, ones like that where you're going in through the back of a player. So, it's really unfortunate, but you know, I think if I'm a Fulham fan, um, I, I you know, it's it's a missed opportunity for sure. But there still is a little bit of hope still for them. I mean, they they I mean, all things considered, they're not at the bottom of the table, which I think that's the big positive. If you're a Fulham fan, you can take away from this is that you're still you're still in the mix for you know a mid table finish, or you're still having you still you know as much as they could taking advantage of the opportunities they have with a pretty rough start to the season yeah. uh, in terms of like who they've had to play. You've beaten the teams that are supposed to be competing with you to remain out of the relegation zone. Excuse me. And you've been competitive um, for the most part and against the teams that should beat you. I mean, you know, you drew against Liverpool, obviously you lose against Arsenal and, and I think Tottenham, but Again, mm-hmm. you know, you're not uh, – it's kind of annoying uh, to, to think about it like this, but we had to think about this as Newcastle fans is sometimes you're going into a match and you're hopeful for a draw because you know that the gap in quality is just that much, uh, especially when you're uh, either a newly promoted side or your side that, like Newcastle, was hanging in and around the, the lower portion of the table for a large chunk of the season. Yeah, sure. I, I felt like Fulham were always going to – and they probably had this mentality as well – um, Silva especially probably coached them to have this mentality. They they were going into this match with a chance. They looked at this match as an opportunity, and they'll oh, yeah. probably look back at this as an opportunity lost. Um, Newcastle, on the other hand, I, I'm willing to bet Eddie Howe was like, you, you know, and I don't know if he would have said this straight. I don't, I don't, I haven't heard the man speak. Probably haven't listened to as many interviews with him. So, um, but I would, uh, as I should, but I would imagine that his his take on the situation was more like. They think they're going to do something here. There's no way they can. We, you know, like, here's our plan. Our plan is rock solid. Here's what we're going to do. And mm-hmm. it just all fell into place for Eddie Howe, who I just feel like he's always got, you know, a footnote for every situation. Okay, well, let's let's go, you know, let's go to the index here. This is how we're going to deal with this. He just always has a plan. And mm-hmm. um, and this just played played perfectly into his plan. Um so, I mean, I, you know, I'm not a Fulham supporter and by any stretch of the imagination, you know, and I don't feel bad for them. Obviously, we got to get our wins. But no, this is not the end of the year for them. There's oh, there yes, are three yeah. there are three teams that are worse than them. They're not going to get relegated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are three teams and there's just a lot of 
I mean, it's you know, there's a lot of football to be played, has, right? Yeah. There's a lot of football to be played, and, and right now, I, I do think like if if you are a team that has any sort of stability right now, and I feel like of a lot, I mean, if you look at the teams in the prem right now, stability wise, I think Fulham are in a good spot where they they have a manager who they believe in, uh, and they have players that they believe in, players that have been around, players that have. Uh, they have a, a large chunk that have been up and down. So they, they, they kind of understand. I think they're much better prepared to, to stay up and fight the good fight for at least this mm-hmm. season and then maybe strengthen in uh, in January or, or July uh, for sure. So um, let's 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 actually I, I kind of want to do this out of order than we have it here. I, I want to end with our players in the match. I want to talk about just anything that stood out to you during the match uh, moments wise. Uh, you know, it. I think it. We would be remiss to just go. I think we should just probably for 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 the sake of either consistency or just for our own talking points, and we can we can go through the goals. Uh, starting with uh, Joe Willock's uh, unlikely assist to Callum Wilson uh, to be the opening the opening goal. Uh, Joe Willock uh, had a. I, I guess it was it was a shot, and I don't you know who's to say if it was going wide or not, but. Cal Wilson made sure that it was in the back of the net, and Cal Wilson, uh, you know, claimed the goal and uh, was very much in the in the in the vein of uh, Joe Willock. I, I thank him for the assist. Uh, uh, but yeah, that that's what started it for Newcastle with the uh, with the one one nil. Uh, any any uh, any thoughts on this? I mean, I think they came out of the gates like ready to smash, right? I mean, it was, and I think that might have even been the words that Wilson used. I don't know if it was on his podcast or what, but he said, I'm back, I'm back in. There was something on Twitter. He said, I'm back in, I'm going to smash some goals. And, yeah. and he came right out of the gates, right? And so, um, you know, Fulham got that that um, that eighth minute red. And within minutes, within minutes, they were, they were punished by that. And, um, you know, Wilson, I don't know. Sometimes he's, he he scores amazing goals, but I think what he he does an amazing job of just positioning himself so that he can he can finish goals in a way that maybe maybe other players don't. And I, I guess where I'm going was I wish we would have had this guy for the last ten years, right? Like full health, ten years, this guy would be a, an absolute legend. You would you yes. he would you know so um, he, but yeah. he is exactly what uh, I mean and I, like. We, we talk about Mitrovic, but I think Mitrovic is in that same light. And I think this is what I was hoping. Like what I see from Colin Wilson is what I was hoping from, from Mitrovic, just a guy who's in the right place at the right time. Um, and just has like, you do, you feel confident that if he's in front of goal, he's going to finish. And when he doesn't finish and he misses easy chances, you know that it's eating him up and he's going to score that, yeah. that game. Like it just feels like that. That's how Callum is. And you know, like, and, and this is a perfect example of that. Of like, he's goal hungry, and we talked about this with Isak um, taking the pen uh, in the last match. It's like it's just something you want in a striker. You want a striker that just wants he wants to score. He wants to he wants to stay on. Like, I mean, this is a, a small moment, but we can we can briefly discuss. Is like, you know, Callum Wilson gets subbed off. Uh, you know, fairly early on in the second half, I want to say, you know, before the 60th minute or something like that. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty, plenty of football to be played. But 
and you know you got to protect Colin Wilson. He at this at this point in time, as we speak, he is the only healthy striker at Newcastle. So you you want to protect him. And at the time, he was the only healthy striker at Newcastle. There were no strikers on the bench. We actually got the question answered as to what would Newcastle do without Colin Wilson as as <laughs> uh, on the pitch at striker, and we we got the answer whether we liked it or not. Um, and he was like, you know, kind of you could see he was complaining to Eddie, like, ah, I want to say you on, I want to score some more goals, because he knew, like, as a striker, we were up a man, we were all over this team, we were having chances left and right, come on, let, let me get, let me get another goal, let me get, let me get another two goals, and yeah. Eddie's like, no, get off the pitch, like, we need you healthy, and he's like, ah, just kind of releases, and it's like, yeah, you're right, I mean, and then he sits on the bench, but yeah, you want that mentality, I love it, I love yeah. it for sure. You could tell he was on something, like, um, his tail was up. Uh, what was it like right around maybe the 30th minute? Um, you had that, you had that pass from the, on the diagonal, right? Uh, received mm-hmm. by Murphy on the left side. So Murphy goes charging down, you know, charging down and kind of lays it off. Um, who takes that down to the end line? I can't remember who sent that ball across the end line, but, um, you know, Wilson, Wilson, it, it was kind of a, like a cutback, a cutback center from the end line. Wilson gathers that ball, spins in space, like, protects the ball, spins in space and has the audacity to take a shot like upper, <laughs> yeah. and, like it kind of, you know, looking for that, that, um, that upper corner there. And like, he wasn't far off. He wasn't far off it. it and it was just, it was like, this is going to be a woeful day for Fulham. And it was just, he, he was, he was on something. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, 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 he was on something different. Um, and speaking on a player who was on on a different level, next goal. Uh, I mean, some are saying it could be goal of the season already. Uh, especially Newcastle players are, are saying this. But Miguel Amarone, uh and started off what would be uh, some are saying potentially his best performance in a Newcastle shirt, and I I would probably be inclined to agree. Uh, just it was very active in attack and really started to put things together with Trippier and, and, you know, was just all over the pitch, but, uh, Miggy plays in, uh, I think the good, the cool thing about this goal is the buildup itself was great, but, uh, like a lot of it was Miggy. He's the first to receive the ball. He plays it, um, back out to, I want to say it was your long staffer. It eventually got to Bruno and Bruno played in just yeah lovely ball. I mean, this is when we're talking about, you want to, you want Bruno, uh, up forward more as a as a as a midfielder playing it as as more of an eight, and I mean he chipped a beautiful ball into Megamaron, and you know nine times out of ten just where he was right you know right side of the goal in the box a player is just lashing that with their right foot and they're singing across the face of the goal and trying to hit the top corner, but no Megamaron is different he doesn't have a right foot. So instead, he does the infinitely more difficult thing and hits the volley first time with the outside of his left foot, loops it over the keeper's head, top left-hand corner. And uh, it was one of those where you, if you look at um, all, of the, all of the replays, there's a slight pause because everyone is just confused and then eruption. And if you look at the, the video of Eddie on the sideline, like he's looking and then he's like, Oh my gosh! Holy shit! That yeah. went in, yeah. and and it was just like like Miguel. I mean, Miggy was 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 shocked as well. But I mean, it just was one of the one of the better goals we've seen. Uh, it got compared to Cisse's 
uh, famous goal of a, a similar oh, sort of outside the map. That was like, absolutely outrageous. Like they're only I mean, that, that might be one of the best Newcastle goals I've ever seen in my entire any, life. Any, any, yeah, it might be one of the best goals I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. um, I would say with this particular goal, I think I don't think that Miggy was as shocked that he scored. I think what you had, if you if you look at the way he's looking around, he's double checking that the flags aren't up, right? Mm-hmm. And I think in an era of VAR, um, mm-hmm. it has interfered with so many goals that now players are hesitant to celebrate great goals right away. They don't want to waste their energy celebrating something, and so he's kind of looking around to see, well, is this is this going to get reviewed? You know, was I onside? Because there were some questions of whether he was onside, but yeah, absolutely, he was he was just fine, and the, the goal had scored. And I think that's what it, everyone was holding their breath to see if was this going to go to VAR? Yeah, and it didn't. Yeah, and it didn't. It didn't. And again, it was it was a great goal. And I mean, we'll we'll get into player performances, but just again, all time great goal. Um, and uh, I do think if it will be, it will definitely be a goal in the running for goal of the season for mm-hmm. Newcastle. I would imagine just it, it could get, you know, and it could be in the conversations for PL goal of the year, um, depending on what, what happens. I mean, it is, it's so unique to hit something like that off the volley and, and the, the buildup to it was, was gorgeous too. And, and the pass from Bruno, like so many aspects of that goal were absolutely gorgeous and, and everything uh, football should be. Uh, so yes, uh, perfect for that. And then we'll move on to the next little highlight right before the half. Uh, Sean Longstaff scored. Uh, and so uh, a, a, a common theme throughout this was just uh, Fulham already, like we were saying, leaky defense, but just set pieces Newcastle felt it felt like Newcastle had an opportunity at every set piece to to to, to get something on target. Like they were first to every header, first to everything, and and you know, it, I don't know. I mean, Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like in set pieces, the man advantage doesn't really show itself because for the most part, you just sacrifice having someone available deep, you know, uh, for the counter, and you just pack the box. So in theory, the the, the them being down a man shouldn't have. Ex- affected set pieces no no but if you if you backtrack before before the corner Mm -hmm. if you look at the the two three four build up attacking plays going into this corner you had um just such fluidity on Mm -hmm. the ball and movement off the ball which i have not seen like this on a newcastle side for a while where players knew not only that they had to move but they knew where to move and so you saw constant passes, one, two touch passes. Um, you know, they felt like, okay, well, that's, you know, that is shut down. So they recycled the ball and moved the ball around. And I think the man advantage gave them that. I They were probably going to be able to do that anyway against Fulham. Um, but it was severe. And, and Newcastle were able to create a lot of opportunities that I think they would have, they would have had fewer had, had Fulham had, you know, um, one more body to to kind of like pack that midfield. Oh, of, oh, for sure. Right. But I'm and just so, saying specifically on like a set on piece, that set you, piece. You right. Can, yeah. yeah, yeah. But getting getting there, you know, getting oh, getting to that there play. for sure. Yeah, thousand percent. But I was like, kind of looking at the 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 build up play, even just into the shot that was deflected to go into that corner, and I was just like, these long twenty yard passes, you know, and then these com- one two combinations triangles diagonals you know just everything they they were in full control of this match 
Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just really briefly, uh, one thing that you mentioned that kind of reminds me of one of the first clips of Eddie Howe in training. Uh, there, one, it was, it was, I don't, I don't know if you remember this, but the, the, uh, the, the the social media team for Newcastle put out, you know, those videos of Eddie Howe's first training and you could watch the long form. It was like an eight minute video. It's still on, online on YouTube somewhere mm-hmm. uh, on the club's tw- uh, YouTube page for sure. Um, and uh, he was taking them through all these exercises and there was a moment where he's explaining like, when you don't have to ball, you need to still be moving. And it was mm-hmm. just like, you could see like the look on the players' faces of like this is the first time anyone said this to us in, in three, two or three years, yeah. and uh, and you can see like the fruits of that early like hey it doesn't matter if you have the ball or if you don't like you need to always be trying to find the, those half spaces you always be trying to get into those spaces and be an option and make yourself an option and so you really start this is probably again you know one of the first games where you're starting to really see that. And you're hoping that that is still the case for Newcastle when they're playing a full strength eleven, and and you know that's a trend keep that keeps going, you know from from here on. But yes, let's talk about the goal real quick. Um, corner Fulham did not defend it well. Um, Sven Vatman has a has a free header. Uh, it's it's a it's a actually a, a nice a nice header. Uh, kind of a, kind of a difficult save to make. Uh, yeah, it is. It really stretches Bartolino out. Oh yeah, no, it, it's 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 a perfectly placed header, and um, you know Leno's only able to get a fingertip on it, and unfortunately, uh, the fingertip just goes right back down to to Longstaff, yeah, and he just fires it past Leno, and there's just no chance there, and so Sean Longstaff uh, gets on the board, uh, which is always good because I think out of out of a lot of the players, uh, Sean Longstaff probably receives the most criticism because uh, you know over the last few seasons because he's just like this lanky like white guy in the midfield who doesn't seem or look as athletic as you know maybe some of our other midfielders and uh you know and when he has good good matches uh it just it just goes unnoticed because he he does do a lot of the really small things really well so it you know it's good that he's able to get his shine because he really actually if you really look at it had a pretty solid match uh uh controlling that midfield um, as well, uh, alongside Bruno and uh, Joe Willock. So yeah. uh, good for him, and that that took us into halftime. Newcastle going in the half up three 0 um, felt like in the moment Newcastle could score six, but um, that wasn't the case. Uh, you know, coming out of it, there were some other chances, uh, and then uh, Miguel scored his second goal. Uh, this is another one where Willock is involved. Uh, Jacob Murphy, who we didn't really go through the starting lineup this time, and you know kind of forgotten we can kind of go through it again jacob murphy a surprise uh start for many because he hasn't really started yet um alongside mcgomeron uh and uh he's he uh this was this was all him i mean murphy actually had a really solid game uh setting up some chances uh and he picked out joe willock willock uh put in a low cross into the six yard box and i mean that's where that was one of the goals where it's very obvious that uh, you're down a man because it was just was like no one was marking the gamer and I mean he hits it with his left and just roofs it uh, and yeah he scored hit a brace. <laughs> yeah, I no, I yeah I particularly appreciated that. That was very much like if you were playing FIFA, you know what I mean. Yes. Like it was the attack just really felt downhill 
Um, and Fulham was just there was there was nothing they could do to stop mm-hmm. that. Uh, it was gr- it was a great uh, great cross in from Willick. I felt like a lot of the players who regularly receive a little bit of stick, um, I think, had a great game. It, it, yeah, it was just all around a, a really great performance. Um, but that that goal by Miggy by by no stretch of the imagination was it was it simple. I mean, he he kind of did put that back the other direction. Yeah, no. And he hit it with his left, which is, again, when you're coming across the face yeah. of goal, uh, naturally, if, if you're, it, you want to hit that with your right, because he was on the right side, uh, yeah. and just hit that uh, away from the keeper, kind of, I guess, your near post, keeper's far post, whatever. Uh, so again, it's a difficult finish, and it's not one that I, I mean I, I'll say this I've seen Miggy miss from a similar range before so yeah but he, he does it he does it again I think like I know he doesn't get the goal he doesn't get the goal he gets oh yeah no he, do, you know, he does it again uh literally like 10 minutes later yeah yeah and 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 even more of a difficult you know kick in uh you know lash at it with his left foot and put it in far post um yeah he had a great game no Miggy really impressed me no, yeah, no, it was, it, again, I think by far, I don't think anyone's going to disagree. That was his best game in a Newcastle shirt, uh, which, you know, again, one, love to see that. Uh, and then just some some smaller notes. Uh, after that goal, actually right after that goal, uh, Bruno was subbed off. Uh, again, this is, you, you're up 4 nothing. This is when you start to get some of your, you start to rotate, and that is exactly what Newcastle did. Uh, yeah. Ellie Anderson came on uh, playing as a midfielder. I think this was actually his first time making appearance in the actual midfield before he played out wide uh, in that cup match. And then uh, anytime he's been subbed on, he's been subbed on for one of the wide players. So it was good to see him. I think just quickly on Elliot Anderson, it did seem like it took him a little bit to really find his bearings. He was giving the ball away a little bit, but I mean, as he grew into the game, probably by, you know, within 10 minutes or so, it seemed like he was fairly confident and able to, to, to make a difference. So good for him as he's able to, you know, increase his, his standing with the manager. Uh, and then we also saw uh, Ryan Fraser come on for Callum Wilson and mm-hmm. the 65th minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when we saw <laughs> Jacob Murphy move to striker and, Ryan Fraser play on the left and Miggy on the right. So we know the backup our, plan. Uh, we know the backup yeah. plan. Uh, and then right after that is when um, Fulham had one of their more dangerous chances. Uh, Adarubio uh, got in a cross from Pereira, and um, that was probably Fulham's best chance until the goal that they eventually scored. Um, and they, that bounced wide. Then Newcastle immediately responded. It kind of got into in for a little bit where um, Almiron literally at this point, um, everyone's trying to get Mickey his hat, his yeah. hat trick. So, yeah. I mean, there was there was a good run of play for about 20 or 30 minutes where tactics kind of, I wouldn't say they went out the window, but they were definitely trying to force it to make they it were, a little bit. They were having fun. They, but they, <laughs> yeah, they, they were. They were having fun. And that there was that that cross, uh, that cross to the far, uh, the far post by Anderson was mm-hmm. so tasty. And I think Miggy just ran out of juice. Mm-hmm. I think Miggy ran out of juice on that one because I think that was it. It was begging to get tapped home, and he just couldn't yeah. do it. And so this one was another one where Anderson played a, a delicious ball, uh, and Miggy literally pointed in the highlight. You can see him. he points to where he wants it, and uh, and Leno comes off his line. And like you said, another left-handed finish where it was actually, you could argue, it was prettier than the first one. He curls it around Leno into the far left-hand uh, corner, just kind of sits softly. Um, and, uh, again, he was rolled offside. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the, the main events. Uh, after that, we did see, uh, 
Matt Target came on and played a little bit of right back. Um, Fabian Cher came on. Uh, oh, sorry, Jamal Sells came on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamal Lewis came on. Uh, mm-hmm. Jamal Lewis makes his first appearance for Newcastle this season, I want to say. I don't know if he played in the cut match, actually, so don't quote me on that. Mm, and, of course, but it yeah, was lovely okay. to see them. It was lovely to see them. Um, yeah, and ironically, of course, as soon as they came on, we gave up the goal yes, to yes. <laughs> Dick Dorvery, So, But I do this because there's a lot going on. I mean, it, yeah. it doesn't help to replace, I think, three out of the four on your back line um, and, and not expect something to happen. But um, Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, yeah. there, and, there and even then, many circumstances. And this is the last thing is just, like, Newcastle could have had five. Like, Ryan Fraser uh, scored a goal, and, and he chipped to keeper. And, uh, and yeah. that was also rolled offside. Yeah. So, again, uh, you know, given what we said in the beginning, you know, you, you, you expect Newcastle to dominate, but that doesn't always happen. And so it was nice to see that it happened in this instance. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was nice. There was no it was nice to not be stressed out at all, like mm-hmm. just to watch a match and enjoy. It was nice. I will say um, so that's two in a row. That's two in a row that I've called the danger man. So sure. um, I gave you billing. And then I, I called uh, Bobby uh, De Cortiva De Cortiva Reed. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I better start betting on this stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anytime goal score for sure. <laughs> so yeah, you made it this far. Another episode of CHN Radio. Um, I'm Elijah. Josh is asleep somewhere in in the middle of nowhere, Oregon. Uh, away the lads, and uh, we love you guys.